We're gonna stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. It's time, America, for the number one conservative common sense podcast that's calling out all the social justice, political correctness crap, and putting it on the run. Do you think you can handle it? So hop in and buckle up and get ready to ride with two straight-shooting, tell-it-like-it-is ex-street cops. And they know how to party with few inhibitions. As they give the special interest and weak-kneed politicians a swift kick in the ass. Wow, is that legal? With some good old-fashioned common sense. Bring it on, baby. It's Cop Talk USA <laughs> with your hosts, Marillo and French. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Cop Talk USA, our sixth edition. I'm here with my buddy, Dave Marillo. How you doing, buddy? What's up? What's up, Roger? You all right? Uh, I'm, I've had a tough week. I'm yeah. a little wound yeah. up. I'm going to get on some people Me today. Me too. They're going to they're gonna get it, but PO. overall... Uh, my cyclones one, so that kind of helps. At, at least they didn't lay an egg like my Valley Tigers and uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. They I, just something I, happened. I will tell you, that's the first time I have watched high school football on TV. That was a great game. It really it was as good as any college game yeah. I've seen. That quarterback for uh, Dowling, Stud. oh, my word. Stud. He could throw it out. I know the, the folks out in you know Minnesota don't know what we're talking about. but It's we had the a, state of Iowa's uh, most followed high school football rivalry. I'm a Valley grad, and Ray Gallardo's a Dowling grad. So. Well, I, I graduated. My mom threatened to sue the school for graduating me, but, you know, <laughs> it was one of those deals. But uh, overall, it was a good weekend. Uh, you know, I, I had a little issue with Facebook. Uh, right, there's sure. a shocker. Yeah. But I did better. I didn't get I didn't get suspended or locked in Facebook jail, yeah. and I, I took some blows. How is uh, that Facebook jail food? Is it okay? Uh, yeah, that's about, you know, what are you going to say? But I, uh, I was on there, and... Um, I commented, and this is how it usually goes. Somebody does a post, and I comment, and then all of a sudden the fist fight's on. Yep. Well, there was, a, there was a, a couple of kids down in South Carolina, and they had shorts. One kid had shorts, like a 10-year-old, shorts, and the other one had a T-shirt, and they were made out of the Confederate flag. Mm-hmm. And people were all upset. And I, and I said, look, I said, you know, I, my comment, the original comment was, I think this is probably a, a First Amendment you know, free speech issue. I said, mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see what the ACLU said about it. Because, you know, those guys stick up for everybody, pedophiles, you name it. And, uh, oh, my God, they got on me. You (laughs) thought I was promoting slavery again. And, you know, the funny thing was it was Karen and Travis and Chad from, you know, from Mm -hmm. like the Gap Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, over getting their Starbucks latte or at the soccer deal. You know, not one person of color got on me, but these people, oh, they were hurt. and, and, And they didn't. And I kept saying, look, you know. I'm not for that, but I'm for free speech. That's what people died for in our country. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that went on. And um, one of the things Facebook has done, I've noticed, is you get about three shots in, and then they limit the, the conversation. Mm-hmm. So you can't, can't do it it's anymore. It's called censorship. Well, they, yeah. they did it. But yeah. So I, I was a little uh, perturbed and put out by that. Uh, but, you know, other than that. Uh, well, Roger, what you failed to remember was that the radical left white progressive movement has pirated race it's now part of their narrative okay and so they're going to look out for folks of uh you know who have permanent tans they they look out for me they look out for my black friends we didn't ask them to they just do it well that's why i said look you know before you people all are you know it's a bunch of people looking to be butthurt for a reason Mm -hmm. i said before you get all butthurt uh, about this 
I'm talking about free speech. I'm not really. I'm not saying they need to do the Confederate flag, but anyway, they weren't listening. They were well, too. The, they, left, they were the too left is all for free speech as long as it's their, their speech. free speech. That's yeah, exactly it's right. The, it's their words. Yeah. Okay. So I did that. Um, of course, uh, I was watching the John Gruden thing, and mm-hmm. I want to get your spin. What's your opinion about the Gruden thing? We got to stop this type of uh, uh, antiquated, archived information leaking that ruins people's lives. Right. I, I, I think it's long overdue that we stop this. And once again, this is part of the left's MO. This is how they operate. And this guy said some things 10, 12 years ago that I'm sure he, he first of all, he's not a racist. His football teams are primarily composed of uh, African-American guys. He would have been called on the carpet years ago. Oh, yeah. Everybody says things in private that they don't want repeated in public, in the public forum. So now they, they take this guy and they force him to resign. And you know, it's just, it's just more of this social sickness that has permeated. Well, well, you're right. You know, actions speak louder than words. We've all been taught that. So you can say nice things, but if you're a bad guy and go at this, in this case, it was reversed. He said some things that may be in question. I think he made fun of some people, and it was probably wrong. But there, those are personal questions that he's having, or personal conversations he's having with. Now, do we put that kind of stuff in writing? Probably not. But nobody expects them to go back 10 years and start looking at your emails. No. So what the point I'm getting at is, here's a guy who he was clowning around. He said some things that were offensive. But, you know, his overall actions, like you said, don't don't reflect that. So, so and you know, that kind of the same thing uh, happened to Tom Conley. Good guy, runs a good organization, except I kind of agree with some of the stuff he said. He was involved in those emails, and he called out the BLM folks, said they were terrorists. And so I kind of agree with some of that. But again, it was leaked out. It was a private conversation, yep. and uh, it cost that poor man. That's, some, that's some the world we live in. You know, if, if, if the left doesn't like what you're saying, you're automatically a racist, a homophobe, a misogynist, you're sexist. I mean, they've got a label for everything and everyone well, that doesn't. Uh, you know, if we don't stop here, what's next? They're going to start looking, talking on your cell phone, seeing what you say on your cell phones. I mean, it's just, where's our personal private? You know, you don't go through my mail. I mean, it, well, it, it, oh, uh, Sleepy Joe, uh, he wants to follow all of our banking, anything over $600. Oh, I mean, it's got to stop. This oh, yeah. Is, this isn't well, China. Well, first off, what's that going to cost? How many people are you going to have to hire, to hire an army 80, to do that? 80,000 more Internal Revenue Service agents so they can monitor whenever we spend over $600. This guy spends money like a drunken sailor. Yeah. I'm telling yeah. you. Oh, I mean, nothing, gonna... nothing, no, nothing oh, against the sailors. Roger. Oh, the Karens, oh, oh, the Karens are going to get Somebody's going to get me. I, I just step into it all day. So, so, <laughs> so anyway, I... I, you know, I was kind of wound up about that. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, of course, you know, we've started covering this that a lot of people don't cover. Um, officers are shot. And since uh, last weekend, uh, and first I'm going to hit a couple statistics here because I found a great new resource, uh, the Officer Down yeah. website. Yeah, I'm very familiar um, with it. Uh, uh, we've had to date in the U.S. 362 officers that have died in line mm-hmm. of duty to date. Yep. Um, you know, we've got uh, – and I, I can go through this real quick. They've lost – one to a 9-11 illness, five to assaults, uh, four from automobile crashes, uh, 231 from COVID. And we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, three drowned, two were on-duty related illnesses, 49 of them were shot. One was shot by inadvertent gunfire. You know, he had a gun, he dropped it. It went mm-hmm. off. 15 heart attacks, three motorcycle crashes, three stabs, 12 were struck by vehicles. There was one training accident, two vehicle pursuits. 17 vehicle assaults where they were run over, and then one natural disaster got them. But the four officers that we lost, 
we lost Officer Ryan Hayworth. Uh, he was killed uh, uh, when his patrol car was struck behind by a drunk driver. In the, that was in North Carolina, Knightville, North Carolina, I believe. He was only on the force for three months. Uh, Deputy Constable Kareem Atkins. This guy was down in Houston. This made a lot of noise. He was uh, shot from behind. He was he was working off duty job. Him and another officer, and they got called over about a related criminal that was wanted, and they had him, and they were had their backs to him, and somebody came up behind him with an AK-47 and shot him, mm-hmm. killed him, and when the other officer, a third officer, showed up, and they shot him. Uh, he's he's doing all right. We lost an ATF officer, supervisor, Mike Garbo. He was shot and killed uh, while they were doing a search down at the Amtrak station in uh, Tucson. Another officer was shot. They were to do that. And then uh, lastly, Johnny Ruiz, the deputy sheriff that I mentioned last week that was beat, uh, he was assaulted and beat and put in on life support. He passed away. So I uh, hate to lose those guys, and our prayers go out to them and their families. Happens every year. This is an annual event. Well, this is a weekly thing. I yeah, mean, they, they, we're, we get new guys every week. And, you know, I, I'm a news hound like you, Roger, and I follow these events because I did 34-plus years with Des Moines PD. Right. And when the black officers are killed in the line of duty, I never see any radical groups rising to their defense or showing up at their funerals or denouncing anything about that. I just It's just one more layer of hypocrisy that we're living with in this country. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. Yeah. yeah. Radicals don't like cops. Well, they're, they're not even raising cane when black on black crime. No. It's only white officers and, yep. and, and Hispanic or minority uh, suspects that are, they're getting injured. Yep. And yeah, you're right. Make a big deal out yep. of that. So, I mean, uh, I wanted to get that out. We're going to add a new segment to this, and I want to kind of talk real quick today. People asked me to give us a, a quick preview. Uh, we've got a, some topics we're going to talk about. We've got a great guest here. Raymond Glardo is on, uh, retired DMPD officer. We're going to talk to him. Uh, we've got, of course, our special segments that we all love and like uh, and we added a couple segments uh, uh-huh. uh, so we'll be talking about that so uh, stay tuned to that anyway uh, I want to give some shout outs to some people yeah is there I mean did, uh, did you have anything else you want to talk about on the no I just want to say uh, yeah my my shout out today is out to my sister Teresa right. uh, Marillo Rayala and her husband and her sons, they all listen in. They oh, love, I, they I, love I, the show. I, I see them on Facebook. Yep. She keeps you, she stays, oh, yeah. she keeps She's, you online. <laughs> she rides you out. Yeah. Well, I've got, uh, I've got a couple, a few I'm going to read off. Dave Mosier at Range Masters, a uh, gentleman we called on because we're going to start just selling some advertising. Mm-hmm. I told Dave to listen. I told him I'd give him a shout out. Uh, Jason Anderson of Five Star Cleaning. Uh, Greg Sparks, friend of mine. Mike and Judy Cruzan, old friends, and they listen to the program regularly. Uh, P.J. Owens and his sister Sarah, Steve Allen, Tom Hansen. Uh, here's one, Mary Creel. I think I'm pronouncing it right, Creel. She's the branch manager out at uh, Gales. Oh, yeah. yeah good, mm-hmm. Great company. They do mm-hmm. all the, the uniforms and stuff. Yeah. Uh, we saw her. Uh, Britton Emery, uh, that's Rich's wife. Uh, we shouted out him last time. Uh, I want to get her on one day because she deals in her job with a lot of police officers that come help her at some of these group homes that she manages. Yeah, yeah. So a good person there. Brian Little, uh, Tom Conley. We yeah. mentioned him. I like Tom. Yeah. He's a friend of ours, and he, a friend of the program. He listens. And last but not least, my my girl over in uh, Cedar Rapids, Kim Kroll. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, Kim Cole. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be friends with her very long. I do yeah. that. But she's a uh, Iowa State Patrol Dispatcher. Her official title is Incident Tactical Dispatcher for the Department of Corrections. Friend yeah. of mine and known mm-hmm. her for a while. And, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, so uh, great person there. So anyway, uh, that's where we get with that. 
So that kind of wraps up that segment, uh, our shout-outs. We love those people. And, folks, if you ever want to shout-out, send us an email or text, whatever you can, whatever you can we'll get you on. Um, now I think it's time for Dave's favorite segment. And now it's time for... Assets of the Week. It's time. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. He's a real asshole. <laughs> oh, right. That's Ray's first time hearing this. He's excited about yeah. that. <laughs> So who okay. you got, buddy? Uh, you know, this woman just tightens my jaw every time I see her on TV. That's old Peppermint Patty. You know oh, who Peppermint yeah. Patty is? Jen yeah. Psaki. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the Biden administration's PIO. She's a dandy. Oh, my. Uh, just listen to her spin and twist, uh, be evasive, and not tell you anything. Just drives me batty. But... Here's, a, here's some background on this princess, okay, that a lot of folks might not be aware of. You know, she's a, a graduate of William and Mary College, which is about forty to $50,000 a year to go mm. to, okay? So mm-hmm. she's a little princess. She uh, makes $180,000 a year to stand at that podium and tell everybody to circle back. Yeah, well, circle back, Roger, and, and we'll talk about that's good. It. That's good work if you can get it. You know, and she, and she oh, absolutely. And then she got her start representing this fine group of characters. She worked on their campaigns. Uh, Tom Harkin, Tom Vilsack, John Kerry, aka Frankenstein, mm. Barack Obama, and then she was on the Biden Harris election team. Uh, well, those those people get in that they get in that loop and they just. Re, re-digest those people. You know, I just, you know, maybe I get pissed off too easy, but that's my ass out well, of Jen Saki. Well, Jen's a, she, she looks like she ought to be working at Bed Bath & Beyond and, <laughs> you know, maybe getting you, getting you some soap or something. I don't know. Well, I've got one and it's, it's not, ladies and gentlemen, it's not political. I don't really think it's criminal, but maybe, I guess it kind of is. But I'm a little upset with the Iowa fans. Mm. And I'm in, upset with one in particular. It's the ass clown over there who decided to throw the beer on the field in the third quarter. Now, I don't know if you guys folks saw this, but there was a beer thrown from the stands, and they sell beer now. This is the uh, first year they start selling beer in the stadium. It's a pilot program. Well, it won't be a pilot program for too long if they keep doing that. Exactly. But they threw it on there, and this uh, lineman from uh, the Boilermakers, Instead of getting it, he picks it up, he opens it, he drinks some of it, pours it on his face, and throws it away. And then they <laughs> then proceeds to push our guys around uh-huh. over there. And, uh, you know, the Boilermakers compiled 464 yards, so they didn't have any problem. But this it didn't upset this guy. But, you know, what a jerk. Yep. Well, what's next, stupid? You're going to take your clothes off and run around the field? Yep. You know uh, That happens, too. Oh, yeah, I, yeah but, I, I mean, throwing beer, what they ought to do is somebody ought to get this guy's picture. Just like they did with you know Steve Bartman in Chicago, get his picture, post it up by all the beer stands, and say there's no beer sold for this game thanks to this guy. Yeah, and he'll be a hero real quick, and he'll have to leave the state. Well, there's always somebody, somebody in the crowd, and, and you know, in your police days, Roger, mm-hmm. Ray, and I, there's always somebody who takes a big dump in everybody's mess kit, and that's that's well, what this guy you know, is. he's probably drunk. And first mm-hmm. off, it should be a crime just throwing a full beer away like that. I mean, you pay six, seven bucks out there, and you're going to throw it throw yeah. it on the field. It didn't mm-hmm. do anything. He must have thrown it quite well because it got the guy. He's, they got a picture of this lineman, and he's sitting there drinking the beer. And, uh, uh, you know, it's like a WWE match. You know, that Stone Cold Steve Austin used to do that thing, smash it on the field. So, so anyway, that's my uh, 
That's my ass ass. So now the Iowa fans will be on me about that. And I, you know, it's not all fans. It's every stadium has one of these jack legs in it. Well, maybe that ass clown can hook up with Jen Psaki and they can have a beer well, and throw beer at each other. It. Yeah, you know, because I, I also saw some stadiums, uh, Chiefs, I saw they had a heck of a fight down there, some mm-hmm. drugs. You know, and when you start adding alcohol in those crowds, large crowds like that, um, you know, it, I don't know how long that's going to Well, last, you know, we, we call them in police work barley badasses. Oh, you know, yeah, they get yeah. all liquored up and they become tougher and tougher. So anyway, let's go into a couple of our topics, and uh, okay. I'm going to let you go first, and uh, we can talk about COVID a little bit. Okay. I think that's a pretty serious thing that's going on right now. Yeah, if you're watching national news right now, the Chicago Police Union is at big odds with Mayor Beetlejuice out there. Mm-hmm. She is mandating that the Chicago police officers be vaccinated. I, th- I think that's going on in a lot of cities, and a lot of cities are having the same problem. Yeah, and so... A lot of folks don't understand what type of arena she takes herself and the city into when she tries to mandate health-related mm-hmm. issues on mm-hmm. those police officers. She's violating their HIPAA rights. They also have contractual language that states specifically about safety, health, and welfare. So they're going to all get wrapped up in court, and it's already happened. So what she do? She goes to an activist judge who says you have to comply with her order She's already in a city that's up to its neck in crime. It's has the highest homicide rate. It's it's an unbelievable cesspool of crime. Why Chicago residents voted her in or keep her in office amazes me. Well, here's here's my thing, and I've said this before. I'm a vaccination guy. I got the vaccination. I got it. I believe in it. But I don't believe in being forced to do it. I don't Mm -hmm. believe the government coming in and telling me. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Everybody knows smoking's bad for you. Do we force people not smoke? No, we let them smoke. If I'm vaccinated, then why do I care if you, my partner, are not? I don't know how that how that affects me. And and for them to force this versus saying, look, you know, a lot of officers are dying. I think there's a soft sell to do it. You let the officers make the decision. If they're lo- if we're losing a lot of officers, which it's now the number one killer mm-hmm. of uh, of law enforcement. Um, let them make their decision. But the minute you start telling them you have to do this or we're gonna, you're not going to work, well, those, they're going to find out real quick because those officers, they're going to be down about, what, a third over there? 50%. It'll and I don't, 50%. Know how, I don't know how you make that city you don't. run that city. At you don't. They're already down officers across the country. Then in Chicago, that averages 60 to 70 shootings a week on weekends with, you know, 20 homicides out of those right. shootings. This is crazy. This is lunacy. If but you, this, if this you, is more of the left. If you get... If you get you know, if that if that happens to that city, I'm going to tell you their their tourist dollars are going to go dry up. Nobody's going to go there. I mean, it's it's why going to be. You, why would you go there it, right it, now? It, I mean, I mean they the left has done this. They did this through the defund the police. Mm-hmm. It's it's proven. It's caused more deaths. More more crime has gone up. And and now here they're coming with this COVID thing. And again, you don't have to force people to do it. Let them make their own decisions. Okay, let the officer make it's his life. What happened to my body, my choice? What happened to that? Well, it goes along the same lines as the radical progressives in this country are always after your gun rights. Now, you just talked a little bit ago about how many police officers are killed in the line of duty, right? Oh, absolutely. So one would think that if the Democrats are right on all this additional gun control law, they preach constantly that the first group of people who would be chairing their cause would be this nation's police officers, right? Oh, absolutely. But they don't. You know why? Because they understand gun violence is perpetrated not by the guns, but by jackasses who use guns. Of course, the Democrats have a soft approach to, to criminals. 
they are. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. The 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 soft on it's it's not anybody everybody's fault but the criminal, but the guy doing it. Yeah. But this deal with with these officers, like I said, officers aren't stupid people. I mean, they're eventually going. You know, if I if I'm working with you and you end up passing away from COVID, I'm probably going to go get a shot if I haven't. I I'm mean, vaccinated, I, but I, I did too. it because I, I I wanted to. And another thing too. On both sides of the aisle, COVID has been made political. Yeah, the masks wrong. are a moniker of the Democratic Party. And just for that reason, a lot of people don't want to wear them because they're not left-wing radical Democrats. It's, it's a mess. Once again, part of the mess we're in. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, the other issue I want to bring up, there's a vote coming up here on November 7th, or November 2nd, mm-hmm. up in Minneapolis. This is the big test deal where it vote to, uh, they tried to defund the police department up there. And I didn't know this. I had to do some research on this. And they tried to defund it here a while back. And this was sent to me by a guy by the name of Steve Allen. And they got sued by a resident up there. And a person of color, uh, Don Samuels, he was up there. He sued them to prevent them from cutting their budget and firing police officers. And the judge uh, ruled against Minneapolis, made him made him do it, made him fund it. And uh, he, he, was, he was talking, and there's some statistics here. You know, a six-year-old girl was killed riding, riding in a car. Uh, one was killed jumping on a trampoline. All, he was sick of the people in his neighborhood, mm-hmm. so he sued and won. So now they, what the city council did, they came back and said, okay, we'll put it to a vote, and we can do it that way. So they got a vote coming up here, and it's called uh, Defund the Police. Uh, it's vote yes for Minneapolis uh, is, the, is the term, and it's, it's coming up here. And I just want to tell people, you got to pay attention. And, and from, for us, from our standpoint, we're real close to that. And we, we have some candidates that are running down here. I think there's one up at Ankeny. We're going we're gonna to have the mayor candidate, the our guy coming mm-hmm. on, but there's one the another reimagine candidate. One of those people <laughs> yeah, we're talking re-imagine. about. They want to reimagine you without without laws <laughs> and without without people. And so uh, uh, and that that article was done by the New York Times who who wrote that on. Well, on I put a Samuel. picture of the Minneapolis City Council on the Cop Talk USA Facebook page. Take a gander at this cluster of weirdos well here's um, yeah here, here, sickening. here's what I'm, I'm and i read this and it goes into detail uh political put out a uh, deal about this up there it says specifically they're they're losing support they're they probably won't have the votes up there to get this done and some of the county even the mayor's backing up on this now because mm-hmm. uh, they they saw what happened the crime's gone well, i predict so we've talked about this i predict in the midterms coming up that you're going to see a lot of people who are on the Democratic side lose their seats in government. Right. And then it's going to be an avalanche to get somebody who can actually lead this country in 24 with the, with the presidential race. You know, Biden is incompetent. He's not doing what we elect. I didn't elect him, but what, I say this generically, what we elect him to do. He's a failure on all fronts, and, and we can't continue down this road as a country. Well, like, like, like we talked about, the gift that keeps on giving for the Republicans. Yeah. He, he, uh, he's, <laughs> he's Santa he, Claus he, 12 he months out of the year. Oh, my God. It, you know, if we, it's just unfortunate. <laughs> I saw today, a year ago today, uh, gas was a dollar cheaper. Oh, did you see, speaking of Sleepy, did you see what he got caught doing Saturday? Oh, no. Him and his wife and some other highfalutin career uh, politicians. Criminals, yeah, well, Criminals. same thing, career politicians. They went out to some posh uh, Georgetown restaurant mm-hmm. and didn't wear his mask. Oh, boy. And when Peppermint I- Patty was confronted with that question, Let's don't concentrate on the moment. Let's concentrate on they, the They love that. Didn't we have Pelosi oh, yeah. doing the same thing? Didn't you have Gavin out there in, in California yeah. doing the same thing? 
Uh, Yo, okay, Roger, let's, let's not. We won't focus on that. Let's focus about it's, the you border. Know, it's real then, easy to pick on the boneheads elected by boneheads, but the people that we really should take issue with are these legions of fools who put these yo-yos in office. They right, vote them right, in. Right, right. I you mean, know, uh, that's the problem. Well, you know, it's it's sad. I, I, we don't. You know, we're a police law enforcement show. But we talk about politics because politics affects politics law enforcement, affects everybody, yeah. and and so we got to talk that. And we've got you know people say oh, I want to hear just about police. Well, we're going to talk about everything we have to, and that's what we do. And and uh, you know, unfortunately, they are making mistakes daily. So I mean, it's not like we can't skip when we cannot say something. Every, everything about law it. enforcement, I don't care what city or state you're in in the United States, is governed by your state statute, which is right, right. those laws are written by politicians. Mm-hmm. County attorneys enforce the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, municipalities hire police chiefs. They do the hiring for the rank and file. Mm-hmm. Everything about police work, and quite frankly, firefighting, is driven by, supported by, or not supported by, politics. It's, mm-hmm. it's a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, it's something else. What I want to do now is we're going to go into a segment uh, called Spotlight on Excellence because uh, we, we've got Ray coming on the show, Des Moines Police Officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to highlight, we're going to take a good hard look at Des Moines, uh, this show. Um, so uh, the Des Moines Police Department, I'm going to read off some numbers and I'll have you mm-hmm. go into some stuff. Um, it's the largest and uh, uh, most urban department in the state of Iowa. It's uh, 372 sworn officers. Uh, they've got 104 civilian staff, which include dispatchers and whatever. They've got three divisions, uh, administrative division, operations division, investigation division. I take it operations, they went from patrol division to calling it operation division. Yeah, uh, that's must called be what patrol they, services or patrol, something. Like yeah, that. it's it's operational. Well, they have administrative services, patrol div, uh, operations division. It's uh, it's run by Dana Ware, good friend of ours, Dana, and his lovely wife. Uh, uh, I know them very well, uh, mm-hmm. Tammy, and uh Tammy doesn't run it, but she's, she's, you know, without a, there's a good woman behind Maybe every man she usually, does. You, never or, know. you know, um, and, uh, it, they patrol a city of 215,000 residents, 82 square miles. Um, they have three watches, 630 to 230, 230, 1030 and 1030 to 630. Dave, you were down there. I know Ray's down there. Tell us about the departments. Cause I, I mean, those are categories, but. It's so much. There's so much there that they do. I retired at the rank of sergeant. Sergeant is basically a glorified senior police officer. It's the first level of management in law enforcement. My focus was always on supporting my troops because the Des Moines Police Department is full of exemplary men and women wearing that badge. And you're you're going to have to look long and hard if you can find one to find an actual racist. These officers work 24-7, 365, right. year after year after year. When you're going to bed Christmas Eve, there's a whole bunch of men and women driving to the cop shop to take trips on that on Christmas evening, okay? Thanksgiving, it just happens every holiday. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they— And they're they, good people, and, and they don't get this—right now, this isn't unique to the Des Moines Police Department. Law enforcement across the country is not getting the support they deserve, Okay. Well, well, and, and they and they've got so. Tell me the departments they got down there. So they, you've got a theft and homicide. In the detective persons. bureau, you it's split up to a bunch of different you know sections within the division. You've got crimes against persons, which is assaults, homicide, shootings, stabbings, things like that. Mm-hmm. You got crimes against property, which is burglary, theft, criminal mischief, hate crimes, and fire arson investigation. Then it, within crimes against property, you also have the uh, uh, 
the financial crime section. Okay, down the hallway, you're going to have sex abuse. Okay, and they have support personnel there. You have investigative assistance. Every single police case made at the Des Moines Police Department is assigned to somebody. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. it may be an investigative assistant, maybe a detective, maybe a traffic unit officer. Every case is assigned, yeah. and there'll be a disposition put to that case. So, and then you have patrol division, which is yep. your TAC unit, your bomb squad. Yep. Ray was in the TAC unit for quite a number of years. You know, the bomb, were you in the bomb squad? They give you a little hammer, go check the bombs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Dave was a bomb set. Tester. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I <laughs> and yeah. it, you know, and they do all that. They've got an ident, they got a great ident department. You know, we talk yeah, about dispatchers and we talk about patrolmen, but we don't mm-hmm. ever talk about ident. One day I want to get somebody like Lori. We're going to get Greg get Lori in here. Yeah, we're going to get Greg Gord in here to talk to us about all the. All the nasty stuff that I don't they th- have to respond to. I don't think people realize that a lot of cases don't get solved without these people. They are the they're uh, oh they're know, the they're the forensic experts. They, they, they're, they're the ones that help make a Loctite case to go to court. You got a property division down there. They yep. all, the, all the stolen bikes. That, you know yep. they, they catch you anything, right around the bikes down anything, there. <laughs> anything you find, the officers come upon weapons. Cash, jewelry, money, bikes, whatever is well, controlled it, by the property. It, it's section. a it's a great department. It's been around forever. Um, one of the segments that we're going to do, and we're going to segue into this, is called "Fallen but Not Forgotten." Uh, so we're going to look at a department each week, and we're going to talk to you about their fallen officers. Des Moines had twenty five officers killed since they were inception, and I'm going to go through a quick little roll call of these guys, and then we're going to highlight one of them. And Dave, okay. I know you're going to talk about that, but and this goes way back. Uh, and I'm going to do my best with the, uh, with the names here. Uh, Eliah Wizhart, 1891, he was killed by gunfire. August Becker, he died of a duty-related injury. Franklin Delmige, gunfire. William Mattern, 1918, gunfire. I mean, this is going back. Chief of Police Charles Chester Jackson, gunfire, got him. That was uh, 1918. Detective Cornelius McCarthy, Gunfire got him, uh, 1919. Ollie Thomas, gunfire, 1925. Gerald Pickett, 1925, motorcycle crash. James Staggs, vehicle assault, 28. Captain uh, Tabor Howard, Stephen Tabor Howard, gunfire got him, 1930. George Wesley Shane, he got it by inadvertent gunfire. I think he dropped the gun I read. He dropped it in dispatch, and it shot him and killed him. Yeah, I um, remember hearing about that. Charles uh, Andriano, 1964, automobile crash. James Rodin, he got it by inadvertent gunfire, mm-hmm. and I think that was another one. Rupert Shepard, motorcycle crash, 1930, 1931. Joshua Cowart, gunfire. Harry Lynn Bolton, gunfire, 1932. Brian Charles Melton. 1977. That was gunfire. Dennis Earl Hill, gunfire, 1977 as well. So they had two officers down that year. Officer Sean Wisnick, 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 automobile crash. Roger Hildreth, heart attack. Lieutenant David Allen Bowen, 2008, duty-related illness. And the last two, uh, David, can you, I, I want to make sure I pronounce these right. Next up would be police officer uh, Roger Hildreth. How did, how did he die? He died uh, uh, from a heart issue. Heart, heart attack. Heart issue on okay. duty. Okay. Uh, Lieutenant Dave Bowen, uh, he suffered an illness working uh, down at the zoo, if I recall. Um, police officer Carlos uh, Puentes Morales and police officer Susan Louise Farrell, 
they were together coming back from the Omaha area area eastbound on I-235, and a drunk driver hit them head on. Transporting know. a prisoner. Transporting a prisoner. That's right. Exactly. That's right. So, And then uh, we had uh, Tony Bominio, who was uh, slaughtered by some coward uh, at Merle Hay and Sheridan. Uh, before that, the same coward had gunned down an Urbandale police officer, mm-hmm. Justin Martin. He uh, he was well known at the department. That, that's the most recent one. I I, yes. I didn't know yeah. Tony. Tony was super guy. I mean, all these officers were just great people. It it, it just pisses you off to no end, particularly in the law enforcement family, that, that these people die. Uh, sometimes the way they do at the hands of cowards and criminals and low lives, it just makes Pure me tragedy. sick. Hate doing it, but I I think it's important that we we recognize these, and we'll do this on other departments. Certainly, uh, Des Moines is one of the largest ones. Usually, it's one or two officers, uh, but this was quite quite substantial. Well, you know, they're all they're all tragic, but the, you know, some of them are you know the circumstances are just are just chilling. Well, and, and, and we'll we'll have a link yeah. on our website to this site where people can go and read about each one of these. Mm-hmm. I thought it was important to talk about not only current officers but past officers. Yeah. You I know, agree. Because as, as they go, but mm-hmm. we, we've highlighted one in particular. This one happened uh, less than a year before I came on the department, and it was the, um, the killing of Officer Dennis Hill. He was working in the paddy wagon, and they were responding to a uh, suspicious person, and uh, a good friend of Ray and I's was uh, in the wagon with him, John Meeker. Mm-hmm. And they showed up, or I think it was near 16th in college, and they... In an alley there, wasn't it? Well, they pulled up in the street there, and they were going to go look around for this joker. And uh, as uh, Dennis put the vehicle in park, he always had a habit of taking off his glasses and leaning forward to put them on the dash. Mm -hmm. That's when this uh, puke shot with a shotgun and uh, it struck struck Denny in the head. And then there was a pursuant foot chase and shooting that occurred. Another officer was shot, caught a pellet in the ankle, I believe. But uh, they they shot and killed this puke as he was trying to come over a fence. Well, so Denny was only on there for how long? I think uh, five years? Five years. And, yeah. you know, the department was still reverberating from that when I got hired. And so it was, even though it was before my time, it was just before my time. And you heard about, you know, his uh, his killing, it was it was still reverberating in the hallways. It's it's always so tragic and it, it shocks everybody. And I, not only the Des Moines department shocks every department around. No, everybody it's, everybody it's helps, just, helps. Unfortunately, helps it's all too common and so it's an annual occurrence nationwide. Absolutely. Well, now we're going to move on to uh, our guest of the day, <laughs> David. I'm going to let you do the introduction. Uh, it's, it's I'm it's my honor to introduce uh, our guest today. It's uh, recently retired senior police officer Ray Gallardo. He's a 32-year-plus veteran of the Des Moines Police Department, just retired a few months ago, past president of the Iowa State Police Association, current vice president of the Police Protective and Benevolent Association, uh, recent vice president to the police union. Uh, He's been a close – he became family with my family in 1964 when he and I met. Uh, lobbyist, done a lot of lobbying in the Iowa legislature on behalf of police associations Mm -hmm. and the ISPA. He's an accomplished drummer. And simply put, he is just a high-quality, God-fearing And not not to mention, he's been your friend for how long? Oh, 50. You guys grew up? Probably probably six 
close to 60 years, wouldn't you think, Ray? I think so. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, welcome, Ray. Welcome to the program. Well, thanks. Thanks for having I, me. I appreciate you coming out. And, you know, uh, uh, maybe you can break out the Dave Murillo file when we can talk about Ooh, Dave. I don't know. We got some, about that. Get, get the uh, special inside scoop on, uh, uh, on he's, our... He's our, always our, digging, Ray. He's always digging. Uh, always trying to do an investigation mm. on Dave. <laughs> so uh, you uh, you were down there patrol. Tell, tell us a little bit about, about your experience. You've been in patrol, TAC unit. Well, um obviously got hired in 1989 right. and went right to patrol. Um, from there, uh, I worked in, up in the inner city, you know, at the time, mm-hmm. south up side. The block. Then I went to the block and uh, got, well, I went to the gang unit at the time. In the early 90s, we had a lot of gang oh, issues. sure, sure. Uh, Bloods and Crips and mm. BGDs, they were all in Des Moines trying to get a hold of Des Moines because if you look at a map, you know, we're right in the middle of Chicago, Omaha, Mm -hmm. Kansas, or uh, yeah, uh, Kansas city and Minneapolis. So if they could control that intersection there, they'd be, is that still, are they still prevalent here? Oh, I don't, I don't know if not, maybe not those particular games, a lot of little thugs, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, but but, but, nothing like those. Not, not like back in the 90s. No, that was bad. There was a lot of drive by shootings. So I was I was in that unit for like six years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. From there, I went to the tactical unit and uh, ended up becoming a uh, marksman observer, which is a kinder, gentler term for snipers. Right. Oh. So I did that for thirteen, I think, thirteen years. Ended up becoming a, an instructor as well. Did you ever have to to take action? Did you ever have to act on that? No. Came, you deployed probably a couple <clears throat> well, times. Well, I got deployed a lot. Um, my partner at the, at this particular time was Bob Krause. And uh, we deployed on a bank robber that uh, had just robbed a bank on the south side of Des Moines. Uh, they found his vehicle. They were behind it. Uh, and at the time, Technical High School, which is, you know, it's still there. It's right. uh, called something different now. But anyway, that the bridge that went over uh, the railroad tracks mm-hmm. at the time, that's where they stopped him. So that became a full-blown uh, scene, huh? Yes, hostage. Well, not really a hostage, but he had a gun. He wasn't giving himself up and that type of thing. So we got deployed. Uh, Bob Krause and I ended up on like the second or third floor of the the school there. We had a, a visual, right? It was like a hundred yard shot. It was like so he started shooting. He was going. He didn't history. shoot yet. He had it in his hand and he was threatening with it. You know, they had the negotiators. They had everybody else out there. Right. And uh, we were, you know, telling ourselves, well, if he he raises it up and points it, we got to. Yeah. Do they do they? And they still have that unit down there. Oh yeah. yeah. See, I, they never had that when I was there. There, I don't think the TAC unit. I, I don't recall ever seeing that. So must have came on after after I left. They got more advanced after. Yeah. They got rid of them. They got rid of the goofballs like me and got some real. Yeah, you drove the Fred Flintstones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what, well, it's just like any other department. When you have, uh, you have to look at it like an insurance policy right. for the city. When something bad happens, you got to have people that are well trained to be able to take care of. And diffuse any type of situation like that. When the president comes to town, do they utilize you mm-hmm. that as well? Yes. Because I know the Secret Service has snipers, but... Uh, they had they, they had become... Well, we had, at that time, the, the unit had really become very credible, you know, and um, we used to take the uh, Secret Service out to the range so that they could get a zero on their rifle, you know, for uh-huh. the temperature, humidity, and all that. Right, right. Well, we obviously got became friends with them, and 
they trusted us, so we mm-hmm. would go out and deploy with them. Well, there's not a lot, of, and there's not a lot of departments. Sometimes they run departments they don't trust, but they trust them more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they trusted did. you guys. We had a, we well, they still do had a real top notch program. So you were you were in that division. You were there, and then you moved on. Did yourself. I you know where I saw you, and I, I told you this earlier. I saw you on TV at the Capitol during the during, oh, during just recently during the the protest, and it looked like you were in, that up, It looked like you were in a WWE <laughs> match. You, you, you know they there. were wrestling. And I was waiting for the body slam and and uh it was a, it looked like a, a big old free-for-all going well, on up yeah. there it isn't was, that the one where they grabbed the officer's gun yeah uh, i was working the wagon uh mm. you know winding out my my last days at the, as a police officer on the wagon thinking oh there's all, uh-huh. we, all we do is transport people that can't be very bad we don't right, right. Res- respond to trips however we did at time to time this particular instance we went to pick up a couple prisoners uh we get there and they were fine uh-huh. very compliant uh, detectives were there with the troopers, and I thought something's going on here. Well, they said that there's a female inside the building with the group, mm-hmm. uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, wanting to get in to talk to the to the governor, which obviously they weren't going to be able to, to do that. But they knew that one of the suspects from destroying that squad car in front of Hy-Vee on the south side was in there. And uh-huh. they had given her, oh, I don't know, he said, one of the detectives said they gave her like three opportunities to turn herself in, and she wouldn't. So they were going to go in and get her. She wanted to, she wanted to make a statement, wanted mm-hmm. to make a fight. Okay. So they went in to get her. And, of course, we're standing by, and, and I see him come out of the building. And then all of a sudden here, all of them come right behind him. They're just right behind him, getting in their ears and their face. They're going to arrest her. Yes, that's, that was very prevalent at the time. They yeah. were saying that a lot. Well, anyway, long story short. It all blew up like like you saw on TV. Yeah, right, for the TV cameras are there, and yeah. I was waiting for the ring announcer. And this guy, you know, oh, it looked like a. You well, know, actually, that that event ended my career. I mean, oh, was, I it, ripped my shoulder out. Oh no! And uh, both shoulders. Of course, you don't know it at the time. And yeah, I said the doctor said, "Yeah, I can put it back together, but if you do this again, your quality of life isn't going to be good." Yeah, you always got to take that in consideation. Did I they did. Re- you arrested a lot of people there that night? Didn't they? Quite a few. Yeah, there's quite a few. Filled the wagon up. Yeah, Come on, mm-hmm. Dave. You ever filled that wagon up? Yeah, people. Yep. Once, once or yep. twice, maybe. Never. It used to be just two long bench seats. It was still like that. It still when, is. Yeah. yeah, and and they had the screen that separated the policeman from the people in the oh, back. Oh, and, sure. I mm-hmm. we had some people like that one time. We. I should tell the story. We had, we picked a guy up one night, and he was in a wheelchair, and, and we put him in, and somebody forgot to lock the wheels on the on the, on the oh, and then <laughs> boom. boom. Well, I tell you what, there's some there's some dandies that you pick up. There oh. was a female that actually ruined one of our wagons. How do you ruin a steel well, wagon? Well, apparently this, and this was a steel box in, enclosed in the back. I mean, they right. kind of built them up a little bit better than probably well, they used what you to guys be, have. Sure. But but anyway, I think there was must have been a a break in the bottom seal where they, you know, welded or whatever. Well, this particular female, I nicknamed her the urinator. Oh, great. (laughs) She let it go, you know, several times back there. And I guess this particular time, I wasn't working the wagon. Two others were working it. They told me about it. And uh, they... (laughs) It seeped into the cab, the front part, oh, and it man. saturated one of the officers' lunch bag. Oh, hmm. the urinator. <laughs> yes, the urinator. Oh, don't you? Don't we miss that? Yeah. That's like picking up the drunks and the. the yeah, I mean, they vomit all. You, you got to wear your clothes. Yeah, it's, I hope yeah, there's nobody's playing this during dinner time. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it, not pretty. It, it's such an interesting deal. So you did that, and did you ever go up in detectives and work in detectives? I worked mm, thirty-two years, all in uniform. All in uniform. Yeah. Well. I mean, he is the it's pinnacle my of a street cop. 
Okay. Yeah. His whole career was spent in that uniform division in one capacity or another. You got, to, you got to know a bunch of people. Well, I want to do this, Ray, and I know you've, you've told a story, but we have a segment on here that we do. And uh, uh, we usually, it's, uh, there had to be one call that uh, you took that, you know, you remember other than the urinator. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be, that's a, that's a tough uh, one to talk. Might stuck, might, might but, but, but there, something that shook you to the bone that, that did that. And uh, we kind of go through an entry on that. Bob, you want to hit that? Real emergency trips told by the officers who took them. So I'll just let you kind of free will it and tell me about something. Well, you know, over 32 years, you, I, I shouldn't say it's uh well, it's kind of hard. You, you come across a lot of things. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a lot of things that I've seen and I wish I didn't, didn't you know, see. and, and, mm-hmm. but it, unfortunately that's the nature of this beast. But I know Dave Morello was uh, there at the uh, Drake Diner mm-hmm. and that's probably one of the most horrific crime scenes I that, think that I've, you went I've into seen, that you got I've in seen a lot but that was when that you, was pretty bad when you got up there was dave there already yes dave, i mean dave and i think chip beardsley was there too we got called out i was on the gang unit at the time so we all got right. called out because they thought uh that this looked like a gang related initiation type of a thing mm. where they they'll do things like that just uh it was just stupidity i mean it was, it was stupidity it was horrible yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, just what you saw, you can't unsee. Um, you know, uh, it, it was those people, and and again, we're not going to go into no. detail on that. respect for those people, and obviously the officers, because it, it can't be. Do you go the other way? Is there anything funny you ever remember? Funny trip? Uh, anything that you know? Dave, oh. Dave showed up and his pants fell down. <laughs> well, or, you know, uh, <laughs> you know. Unfortunately, I wish bird bird crapped on their hat. That'd be yeah. me. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I never had the the pleasure it, of taking a call it, with it Dave. Was, it, was, it, was, it was always kind was, of maintained. Yeah, but uh, I mean, there's yeah, there's so many funny things. I mean, you, it, you don't want to make hey, fun right? of people, but you know, Here, certain, certain things. Tell them about you were you. In fact, you were applying for the police department. And I talked you into calling down and talking to Sergeant Patch. Oh, yeah. And remember, you you called in as Elvis Presley. Yeah, and you yeah. were concerned. You, you, tell I, used to, I used to mess around like you that. You do the Elvis Presley. Yeah, yeah. And, and Dave thought that was funny. He goes, "Hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you call uh, Dale Patch? He was a sergeant at the time, and just kind of mess with him." <laughs> so I got on the phone. Hello, hello, Elvis. Hello, Elvis. Hello, <laughs> <Little> Dale Patch. <laughs> Knows me. <laughs> so it kind, of, it kind of went from there. That's just gonna roll with it. With but it. he's a fun, he was a funny guy. Oh, I mean, I got a story about him. If you got, if we well, have time. Well, let's let's hear a patch story. We we love Dale Patch. Oh yeah. Well, we uh, I was on the tactical unit, and they had a big sting operation with the right. troopers, the county, uh, Des Moines. We were all going to hit like six different places all simultaneously. So uh, myself, a West Des Moines officer, and. Uh, Two troopers were on my our team, right? And we had to go to a house uh, and hit this particular house looking for an individual. Well, the West Des Moines officer, he goes, "Here's what we're going to do: knock on the door. I'm going to make up a name, and and we know that you know he's going to say, oh yeah, he doesn't live here. Come on in, and take a look around, and we'll get our foot in the door. Right? We'll look. So that worked. Well, I'm in the basement. I can hear the guy upstairs starting to get angry, aggravated. Right. So I go up there and. The truth came out, so he got mad. So we're leaving. There was there was nobody in there, and sure. so and we're leaving. And the guy, I want your name. I want your badge number. I said, Well, my name's Dale Patch. <laughs> and so Dale Patch. I, I go. Uh, we go back in service and get a call from uh, a lieutenant. Well, no, it was uh, Dave Lillard. I think called. Mm-hmm. 
And he was on the command post. He goes, hey, I need to talk to you. Uh, Bradshaw, Chief Bradshaw was there. She said, uh, hey, did you uh, tell somebody that you were Dale Patch? (laughs) I said, yeah, I did. So, well, he wants to see you. (laughs) Because evidently the guy had a caseworker. And he needs medication like every day, and this lady would come to get. Well, he was still mad, oh, so no. she calls down at the police station, and up and uh, at the time, Dale Patch was working in internal affairs. Internal affairs. Oh no! So she calls to complain. Yeah, Dale Patch was over, here and he he was the one that answered the phone. He goes, "Well, and, ma'am, I can tell you that wasn't uh, Dale Patch because that's who you're talking to." Oh, then she so, really went off. So I I had to go see him. So I go upstairs and uh, tried to find him. He was up in the stairwell at the time they, they'd go up there to smoke out and blow the smoke out the window and right so i go up there i said you want to see me sir and he's facing out the window he goes you, <laughs> did you tell uh you tell somebody your name was dale patch i said sir i'd never do that why would i do that he goes really i said yeah i did i did <laughs> yeah. so, and his shoulder, i could see his shoulders going up and down like he's laughing oh, he was and he said guy. That's a good one. That's yeah, a good, guys, don't ever do that again. Don't ever get it. <laughs> Dale Roger, I remember a little more details about uh, him calling uh, Sergeant Patch before when he was applying. Right. We had rotary phones so you could listen to each other's phone calls. I was working crime analysis, so when Ray called in, we all punched in. And, and Patch's nickname was Lumpy. He hated that nickname. And so Ray says... Uh, he says, hello, Lumpy, this here's the king. And, <laughs> and dead silence from Sergeant Patch, you know. And Ray says, you better lay off them Twinkies and Ding Dongs, fat boy, or you're going to vapor lock on the toilet. So Ray gets hired, right? and he's in his academy suit in the hallway because all, all the rookies come sure. down during the academy, you know. And I remember Patch saying, oh, he says, you Elvis? <laughs> and Gallardo's just, hey, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Well, I mean, everybody knows we, policemen have a good time. I mean, they have they have a lot of fun. They kid around a lot. Dave's the king of uh, kidding around. I, I should tell the story about uh, Larry, our good friend Larry Stugard. When you decided to sign him up for a for a subscription to a certain magazine and had it delivered to the department, now anybody knows the mail goes doesn't go right to it goes through about three levels and and Dave signed Larry up for a year subscription with a certain kind of magazine that was very embarrassing and it kept coming every month. I signed, I signed him up for Playgirl. Playgirl, yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and then, it went to Chief Teal first because, like you say, all the right. mail went through him, right? And he, he, I remember Chief Teal walked in and he says. He says, what in the hell are you doing subscribing to this shit? You know, you can edit that out, Bob. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, you know, cops are the, they're the master of practical jokes. Well, that's because that's a way to deal with stress. I it mean, is. You, yeah, it I is. mean, you, you get, there's not many jobs out there, folks, that you go to that every day you got to wonder whether you're going to come back in that door or be mm-hmm. injured or, you know, you're going to, you don't go to Target thinking there's going to, run into a guy who's going to try to kill you or slice you up. Well, the thing about police work is, you know, everybody else has the luxury of listening to the news. Okay. We had a fatality on I-235 westbound. Well, the blue suits and the firefighters are there. Okay. They Mm -hmm. They have to respond to that and see that and deal with the people who are, you know, are injured or passed away and their family members. So that's why one of many reasons why I have tremendous you know, respect for police officers and Ray, firefighters. Ray, your family, uh, what do they think about you becoming a police officer? Well, I'm, were they all for it? Mm. No, my mom was, you know, obviously opposed and didn't concerned. I, about I came it. on when I was 31. So okay. I, I was a musician before that. And, 
yeah, for like 15 years. And, and we got to talk about that. No, oh. I, I love to we talk about police work. Tell us about your, I, you played the band you played in, and well, you're a heck of an accomplished drummer, I understand. Well, I mean, I'm He's adequate. good. I'm He's adequate. good. Real good. I could get hired, but I'm not the best. You know? Okay. Okay. You can do I, get, I keep good time. Let's put it that way. You can, you can do that. <laughs> so what bands did you have you played? You well, legal, before, legal, well, yeah, but before I came on, for those old people like us, they'll remember the band, the Cavaliers back in right, the day. I played right. with them for like six years and right, right. left that band to become a policeman. And okay. then um, started the Legal Limit band in the early 90s. Uh, I knew a bunch of, you know, musicians, Mike Moody, of course, and, you know, all of us. Were, were all those guys in that band from the department? Yes. So they're all police officers. All, play mm-hmm. I'm surprised we don't see more of that with other departments. And then, you know, what yeah. was nice about that, actually, it was, uh, we just wanted to, let, you know, let off some steam, just have fun. Right. Well, at the time, uh, some little girl got abducted on the south side from an elementary school. And uh, at that time, we had that community. Uh, some outreach program. Yeah. The, the weight room is where it was at. Yeah. But, um they wanted him to come and give a speech to the kids on, you know, stranger danger and this type of thing. Mm-hmm. So he, he called us cause Hey, I, you got here, you guys got a band together. And we said, well, yeah, we got like five songs, you know, he said, <laughs> maybe, maybe. And, uh, he said, it'd be cool if you guys came and played for the kids. I said, Oh geez, I, I don't know. He goes, Oh, they'll love it. They wouldn't, they won't know any different. And so we did. You're and, all in uniform. Yep. We're all in uniform. And, uh, apparently the chief's phone was ringing off the wall the next week. Every school and city wanted us to come and play. So we developed a program talking about, you know, hot topic items, you know, for kids, stay away from drugs, yeah. gangs, that type of thing. And we, we'd play for an hour. Well, we did that for, what, yeah, 13 years. 13 years. After that, yeah. We well, went to all, all over the place. Well, Roger, it was the, without a doubt, the best public relations program the Des Moines Police Department has ever embarked upon. They they played to tens of thousands of kids. Well, you know, they say nothing brings people together like music. I got I a mean, box of CDs I'll bring over. You guys can hand out to your guests. If you absolutely. Want. We'll yeah. You sign them. You hear yeah. that, folks? Autograph CDs. <laughs> we'll be giving those away. You well, know, no, I'm, I'm currently in a band, too, right now. Well, okay. uh, Rescue Dogs is the name of the band. So we played for a couple of years, and then COVID hit, and now we're kind of get, trying to get back. Now you did... Bar gigs, yeah, uh, bar gigs and Wells events. Fargo, anything like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. You do do yeah. the well and Madison Square Garden. What did you think of Moody's? <laughs> what did you think of Moody's video he did? Oh, it was awesome. Wasn't that something? Oh my I, God, yes, it was. Excellent. It was amazing. We put it up, and uh, if you've got a video of your new deal, are you guys playing this weekend anywhere? No, no. Are you playing next weekend? I will let you know. You let us know. We'll put it up on our deal. You know, because folks, I got to tell you, you got to see Ray. I, I I saw some older video of it, mm-hmm. and it looks yeah. good. And I the legal limit. And um, you yeah, go to YouTube, watch some videos. DMPD legal limit. All right. Yeah, yeah. I think don't we there. have that put up? Yep. I think yeah, one of them. One they, of them. They put that up. Well, yeah. I mean, doing that now. Uh, you're also selling insurance. Yeah, I've been an agent with the Police and Firemen's Insurance Association since 2002. Okay. Dave and I actually went out together uh, when we got we were approached mm-hmm. by Tom Kleins back back then. Yeah, back yeah, it was, that's about right. He said that uh, well, of course, it's it's a fraternal uh, mm-hmm. type of uh, organization, and they only insure police officers, firefighters, and our families, nobody right. else. And he came out and said, "Hey, I want to get Des Moines back in this." program and mm-hmm. we said what do you mean back he said yeah we had a representative back in the 50s that retired and never passed on the torch to anybody else to carry it on so we went and does it does it uh, is that uh, are you pretty active in that do you like, well i you know i'm yeah i still do am. that how many uh so it's it, do they give obviously like a first responder rate to, do you well do what you, it is it's like so we have uh 
plans that are just, you know, police for police environment and uh, like accidental disability, cancer policies, accidental death and term and. So you've been life. doing that for a while, and now you're continuing that. That is that's that's the plan. This kind of keeps in. me in touch, and I do, I do police and fire departments. Now, how do people get a hold? How do officers? Because we we have a following among law enforcement. Mm-hmm. How do they get? And you not just Des Moines. You do anybody, right? Yeah, yeah. How do they get a hold of you for well, that? Well, I don't I don't know if I like the way you said that. I do any, I do <laughs> oh, anybody. What <laughs> <laughs> he's drunk, man. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. lit up. <laughs> that was that one time. But, you know, uh, I needed a ride how home. Would, how would they? How would they contact you, Ray? Let's say. Let's, how would they contact you? Well, you can email me at Ray R A Y dot Gallardo G A L L A R D O the number thirteen at Gmail. Okay. And I can okay. Get, you know, Roger. One thing I want to emphasize when we're talking about PFIA to all the men and women in, in blue and in the fire departments, it's not. If you get injured, it's when you get injured. Make sure you you insure yourself to take care of your family's finances when you're down because well, you're going to get hurt that's sooner in, or later. Um, that's important. That's important, I think. And uh, I know, um, you know, when you retire, they give you certain you have benefits coming there. But sometimes, uh, is it important to reinvest? I, I'm a, I've been a policyholder for years. Have I you? mean, this is good stuff. They have everything from cancer coverage to life insurance to. Uh, replacing your income if you're injured from your off-duty work. It's just amazing coverage. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that's, it's important for that. And when officers leave and, and you know, and today everybody's trying to cut stuff back. Now, no. Des Moines hasn't seen that, but, you know, you hear about that around the country. They're always trying to, to uh, uh, do that. Well, I, I think that's, uh, that's great. The band's great, and we want to put you up there. And, uh, you know, Dave, I... I don't know if you have anything for Ray or No, not. once again, you know, he and I go back since we were little ninos. And, uh, you know. Any, 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 all right, before we leave, any one story. Give me one. Give me something. Give me something about Marillo. He, 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 as a kid or whatever, he well, got I can, in trouble. I, or, I can throw myself under the bus, too. When he and I used to go with my Uncle Jess Valdez, who's right. passed away, and, and his dad, Abel, uh, they bowled on a bowling team. <laughs> okay. So we used to go with them. We were kids. We were little, little kids, kids, and we'd run around, you know, all over the place and doing things there at the bowling alley and, and away from there, too. But uh, mm-hmm. we, uh, <laughs> these microwave ovens were something back then. They were just coming in. Just coming play. out. Yeah. So we were Uh-oh. throwing, we were throwing like Uh-oh. packets of mustard and ketchup in there, <laughs> trying to blow them up. Blow up. They would spin, Roger. They would, remember, they went yeah. like a propeller as they heated up and then boom, they blow up. And we laugh and take until we, we got, got yelled we at. Got I think yeah. he still does that. I think he does that. I think he did that at the apartment. And that was a mild story because I didn't want to get oh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we've done well, some and I just, files stuff. of Dave Murillo. Yeah. And I just want to say, too, uh, thank you for everything, David. You, uh, oh. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Now, this now, guy did he take your spot in, in the union? Or you were, no, we were on the union. I was chief steward, and then Ray got into the associations. Ray's, uh, we were both in the... Protective and Benevolent Association called the Burial, PBA, and then in the bargaining unit. So Ray was holding both positions simultaneously. I only held one position at a time. So he so, goes both so ways. So he was, he yeah. was, yeah, he's a he two-edged goes, dagger. He, he goes Edel, both ways. El Cuchillo. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's, this is a good man right here. You know, he became family years ago. His mom is a sweetheart. His brothers and sisters were, we're all 
close, tight-knit people. Um, that's just the way it is. Well, that's the way it's always going to be. And they're, they're in that department in Des Moines, they have a lot of Hispanic officers down there, don't they? I mean, well, they're you they, know they need they've lost they, some. They've lost some. I, Tony Gomez was there when I was there. He's, he's they're um, gone. You know, Gomez, uh, the Gonzalez brothers. Yeah, Gomez, Negret, uh, Gallardo is left. I, I'm gone. I told Winger the other day, jokingly, I said, "Man, you're running out of Mexicanos. You bet. You, <laughs> you got to check. Yeah, I, I mean, and I. Uh, but they're hiring. They're hiring all the time down there. So if you can. If you can pass the background test and the physical test and all the scrutiny, they want you. You know, that's just the way it is. They need cops. Bob. 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 No. Nope. Bob, Bob have to get a haircut. Bob, you got to get a haircut. Bob styling again today. Yeah. He's, he's, his he's, uh, he's, his he's pants got, are checkered today. They, they were just Bob, I love that. I love your outfit. Don't, don't, don't you change. Don't go change it at all. Don't go change it. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I was right. Jump on in there. Well, look. Thanks for coming out, Ray. Oh, buddy. thanks for having me. It was me. nice Appreciate having you. It. We want to have you back. Uh, we'll uh, we'll do this again. And, uh, yeah, every week we'll be out here with a, a guest and talking about the issues. We're going to be talking about stuff. I want to remind everybody, go out and tell somebody about, uh, about uh, the program. Tell a friend. Uh, you know, we try to keep it in. Next week, we've got the singing uh, we got officer. The, we got senior police officer Mike Moody coming in to talk about all his Please, endeavors. Like, Ray and him are super close friends. I'm close yeah, friends. We were partners for like eight I, years. I, I, I call Moody. He's, he's like police royalty you oh know? yeah you got the family members all there and his dad the one story i got about his dad i gotta ask him about this uh bill got me interested this is his dad he was a lieutenant and I, there's a story going around that when he would go out when he was a patrolman on uh, and he was in the boxing into mm-hmm. the gold gloves he used to carry a, a mouthpiece with him before he'd go in the bars he'd put the mouthpiece in <laughs> he'd go tough. in the bar tough tough yeah. as a, and oh when, he was and when he was a lieutenant i wouldn't fool with him as a young officer i was scared of him mm-hmm. you know but uh mike's gonna be on he's gonna talk about that and we're gonna play uh, some of his video yep and yep. uh he's a got, handsome man isn't he oh those dreamy eyes oh david you know, yeah. Yeah. they're like roy roger eyes <laughs> you know what i i think that him that mike Chuck Grassley and Rick Host might have been triplets separated. I don't know. I remember going on a call one time, and this girl goes, oh, your eyes, you have bedroom eyes. Uh-huh. And I said, well, what, what the hell are these? These bathroom eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You felt a little offended. You got a little, a little upset. Ray and I had eyes like that in high school, but we won't talk about how uh, we got they, them. Look at me and, they always look at me and go, put a bag over your head. Get out of here. No, we're going to have him on. We've got... Uh, Mayoral candidate coming on uh, out of Ankeny up there. Uh, he's going to be joining us, and uh, uh, a lot of hot topics every week. We got the topics. Hey, also, Roger, uh, we'll plug plug the uh, Facebook page. We've got a bunch of people and organizations and businesses that are vying to buy some advertising here. So if you support police officers, uh, give us a call. The contact information is on the web. Uh, Buy an ad. Support support the police. And we want to tell everybody we're on YouTube. Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Apple, the whole nine yards. Uh, you can go to our website. Now, one thing about the website, if you've got kind of a dicey internet connection, um, it might be you might want to try, try one of the other uh, platforms, but because uh, uh, we've heard you know, people have they, their internet connection is not great. Yeah, you, the, YouTube, the YouTube connection will. will You'll That's a good strong transition. For some reason, we don't have any, don't have any internet. The, that, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, you can all do that. Call us. Uh, Facebook, Cop Talk USA, um, you know, send mail. I mean, we, we do all that. That's all on our site. So we want to have you come back. I want you folks to stay vigilant. Vigilant? Did I say that right? Yeah, Vil- yeah that's right. That's a big word for I you, I'm, I'm, I'm very vigilant. I want you to stay that. Watch out. Use your common sense, uh, you know, and uh, support law enforcement. Support the candidates who support law enforcement yep. and do that. So, righty. Uh, Bob? 
You did a good job today, buddy. Good job, Bob. You got Thanks, some Bob. Edit. You got a little editing to do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah we'll make, be good. make us make us sound good, Bob. Make, make us sound pretty. Make make Dave sound pretty. Okay, everybody. Well, thanks, Dave, for coming. Ray, thanks, Ray. Thank you. See you guys next week. See you guys. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Cop Talk USA with your hosts, Marillo and French.